Good morning, noon, or night, wherever and whenever you are listening, you are listening to The Shift. I'm your host. My name is Doug McKinty. This episode was recorded on July 6th, 2021. I'm happy to announce my guest today is Robert Wright, the founder and CEO of the American Anti-Cancer Institute and the author of Kill Cancer, Not People. As we all know, cancer is among the biggest scourges in healthcare today. It consistently ranks as the second leading cause of death in the United States, and Despite the U.S. government spending billions in search of a cancer cure, studies suggest that one in two Americans will endure this disease at some point during their lifetime. Robert has dedicated his life to understanding this disease and has become a leading proponent of a plethora of naturopathic remedies outlined in his book that have shown exceptional processes potential cures for the disease, though widely discredited by conventional allopathic institutions. His approach analyzes cancer from an epigenetic perspective, which posits that lifestyle choices and nutrition have a profound impact on the development of cancer within the body. Starting from this point of view and building off decades of scientific advancements in the field of naturopathy, Robert provides information about detoxification, supplementation, diet, body pH, and naturopathic treatment protocols that have been shown to have a profound impact on cancer both as a preventative and even to reverse the course of the disease. He also provides information that questions the efficacy of conventional allopathic treatments that often weaken the body, leaving the immune system unable to handle the onslaught of cancer, while leaving unchanged the systemic internal environment which allows cancerous tumors to thrive. Of course, Robert does not give medical advice, but merely lets the reader understand some of the personal choices he would make if diagnosed with this often fatal disease. The information provided is certainly helpful to those seeking to make cancer treatment protocol choices under the rubric of informed consent. Stay tuned for this conversation that will delve into the deep questions surrounding cancer treatments in the United States today and provide alternatives you will never hear about from Big Pharma or the mainstream media. For more information about the work of Robert Wright and the American Anti-Cancer Institute, go to www.americanaci.org. As always, if you like what you're hearing, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast within your social media networks. We rely on listeners like you to help spread the word. Also, go to www.theshiftnow.com to sign up for the newsletter, subscribe for feature-length episodes, and discover the hours of free content available. I want to thank Robert for participating in this interview, and thank you for helping to make the shift. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this 85th episode of The Shift. Today, I am happy to announce I am being joined by Robert Wright. He is the founder and director of the American Anti-Cancer Institute and the author of uh, Kill Cancer, Not People. Very straightforward <laughs> name to that book, and he's here today. I'm excited about this conversation because we're going to get the big picture today uh, about cancer and the cancer industry uh, and about how allopathic, how functional really are allopathic medical treatments, chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. And then uh, Robert is going to talk about alternatives uh, and alternative modalities uh, and his approach to cancer. Uh, and he's been helping a lot of people. So uh, I'm really interested in hearing this perspective. Uh, and I just want to welcome Robert to the program. Thanks for coming on. Do you want to let people know a little bit about yourself in your own words? Uh, sure. You know, I'm pretty uninteresting, I guess you might say, but uh, it, it's been a long haul to get where we are today. I started the American Anti-Cancer Institute and the International Wellness and Research Center, oh, about 13 or 14 years ago, after kind of what you might call a lifetime of study. 
I went through college um, and got my degree in all of the ologies, whether it was anatomy and physiology, kinesiology. And, and so in an effort to understand the human body and how it works, I was an athlete all my life, uh, went through college on basketball and baseball scholarships and uh, ultimately became a distance runner, ran a few marathons and a lot of longer runs. And so I was always excited about finding new ways that uh, I could be better, that uh, I could run faster, that I could be stronger and how I could do it legally, um, as some people aren't doing it legally. Today. Right. And so um, I started to study supplements probably back in the mid 80s. Uh, because I was interested in them and how we might naturally supplement uh, our, our diets with things that would actually um, help us and beef us up a little bit. And, and I was um, uh, really disappointed at what I found. Um, there was a lot of supplements. It, this was kind of the beginning of the supplement era. And there was a lot, but most of them weren't any good. And they were just basically uh, ways to launch uh, maybe network marketing companies or something like that. But ultimately, I found a really good one that really positively affected me naturally. And um, and so I continued my search for those things. Um, um, and, and eventually, my mom died of cancer, and then my dad died of cancer. And, and um, I, you know, set it in my mind to find out what this cancer racket was really all about. And uh, of course, I didn't find what I expected to find. And most people who study cancer today and, and all chronic illnesses don't find what they expect to find. They find what they want you to find. And so uh, I dug real deep and um, basically uh, through genetics and epigenetics. And, and when I say that cancer is not genetic, even though most oncologists will disagree and argue with you, it's really epigenetic. So I began to study these things as well and um, find out more about cancer, uh, what we're doing about it, uh, what we're not doing about it. And it led me to the things that really work. And those are the things that have been around for millennia, the, the natural products that were always used prior to the late 1800s and early 1900s until um, until antibiotics and radiation therapy and ultimately chemotherapy and other drugs drove out the natural things because there, were, there was no money in them. But there's tremendous money in the things that, that really don't help people and, and actually harm them. And so that's kind of um, the, the journey that I've been on. And uh, we've been able to uh, work all around the world now. I've been to Southeast Asia, Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, uh, mainland China, Australia, um, all over Canada, all over the United States, uh, speaking and, and telling the story of um, basically killing cancer, not people. And um, it's, it's worked spectacularly. We have assisted literally tens of thousands of people uh, on their journey back to health with cancer and, and now with all chronic illness. And, and that includes heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease, even neurodegenerative disease. We're always finding new things that, that actually work because there's nothing in that field that, that allopathically that works for people. So it's, it's been a good ride so far. And um, we, we do things a little differently here. We, we actually help people. We actually follow up. We actually talk to them. And it's something that is, you'd think it's something new and different because it, it doesn't seem like anyone really does that anymore. And we're a 501c3 nonprofit. So, you know, we, don't, we really don't make any money. Um, and uh, that's not our goal. Our goal is to help people. We, we offer some products now. We, we went through 
a dozen years without offering anything because we didn't want people to think we were doing it just to make money like like so many companies are. Mm-hmm. We only offer the things that we research, we understand and know the science behind them, and we know that they will help almost everyone, not just uh, your brother, your sister, or something like that. But we, I think we really get it after all this time, and uh, we're able to take that knowledge and expertise and uh, and show it to people and they, they really begin to trust us when they begin to heal and, and they do invariably if they follow a protocol that really works. Well, your book is absolutely astounding and I, I would recommend it to just about anyone. It's so hard, I think, to break through the allopathic propaganda that there's basically nothing you can do about cancer, that it's this genetic disease, you're gonna get it no matter what, if you've got the genes for it. And then after you get it, it's, you know, surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy, and then good luck to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and your book just describes dozens and dozens and dozens of alternatives to this paradigm. I want to take a second to to kind of like to focus on why is it that people are so like, how why, how has the allopathic medical community been able to be so uh, so powerful in terms of imposing this belief on people that there there just are no other methodologies. Uh, you know they've made it. They've made a lot of these uh, alternative therapies illegal, uh, and they just claim that there's no scientific evidence that they work. Even though your book clearly not only does it show scientific evidence, but then testimonials uh, over and over again from people that have actually experienced this and been cured. I mean, from from your point of view. Really, do you, would you say, in from your experience, that in most cases, cancer really is something that doesn't have to be feared the way that it is? That that really people can heal from it. There, there, there are clear uh, therapies that can be engaged in. Um, okay, well, I I had just asked a uh, asked the a kind of a leading question about um, the pharmaceutical corporations and how they have such a lock on the information and the way people think about about cancer and cancer treatments. Right. It's um, it's really an unholy alliance is is what it amounts to uh, the insurance companies with the American Cancer Society, the National uh, Institutes of Health, National Cancer Institute, the insurance companies, the AMA are, are kind of in cahoots um, about how they run this operation of supposed health care. But we all know it's really sick care in our country today. And as a result, it, it's like having uh, one of the greatest monopolies on, on any organization that one can ever have. And it, it kind of encompasses the world now, but it is certainly, um, it certainly covers all of North America. And uh, sadly, we suffer from that because we are only offered um, basic treatments that are designed only to ameliorate symptoms in other words, we treat, treat symptoms today. Mm-hmm. We have to be straightforward about this and, and honest about it, too, in that um, we have some of the best surgeons in the world. I mean, if I if, if I have a trauma and an accident and, and I need uh, and I need to be patched up, cut open and sewed up, I want the best trauma surgeon uh, money can buy. I also want the best drugs money can buy when they have to knock me out. But uh, other than that, we're a, we're a country that that relies on on doctors to do things they have no capability to do. 
And by no means do I malign doctors because we need good ones to be able to do what they can do. We have uh, really good diagnostics today. Uh, they're better than they've ever been. They're, they're not as good as ultimately they should be, especially when it comes to cancer and trying to diagnose it and understand where it's spread to. Mm-hmm. We, just, we haven't got that down yet. We're, we're better than we were, but we haven't gotten it down yet. And so our medical industry is one designed to treat symptoms, uh, to, to keep people on drugs and expand the drugs because it's all about the money and it's about the power. And I challenge anyone to say that's not true because it's absolutely true when you look at the facts. But, but that's really a sad thing to say about our country and about our world uh, because we live in the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. At least we think we do. But um, it, it doesn't always appear to be that way when we're talking about how Americans are treated and and how, since we're talking about whose lives matter today, how we're basically enslaved to a system, a sick care system, where we have no alternatives or the alternatives we do have that actually work are maligned and and uh, those doctors or those researchers or scientists or, or whomever that are forwarding them are um, are tarred and feather and run out of town on a rail or worse. I know several who've gone to Mexico, uh, been forced there, and uh, and some that uh, I mean, you've heard the stories about the seventy or eighty doctors in the last few years who have who have been mysteriously who have mysteriously died. Let's say that, and uh, there's really no mystery to those of us who understand if you're working with uh, GC math. Or some of these other things that uh, you're running in, uh, you're running directly headlong into a locomotive, and uh, they don't want you doing that. Uh, there's there's no money in healing today. Uh, there's money in keeping people sick and treating. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's hard for people to believe, I think, that the system can be this corrupt. Um, but upon reading your book, it becomes so clear. Um, not only that, I, I think the statistic that you mentioned, the, the, the well, I, I want to say traditional, but the allopathic uh, treatments for cancer over a five-year period have something like a 3% success rate, 97% a failure rate over a five-year period. I mean, it's clearly not working. And yet, uh, then you describe multiple, multiple uh, therapies that are all clearly effective, that clearly help people, that you know will very quickly reduce the tumors and, and very quickly turn turn people's lives around from being sick to, to being in remission and being healthy and for the long haul. 10, 10, 20 years later, they're still doing great. Yeah. What is the principal difference? Well, uh, maybe we can start with um, talking about the epigenetic and genetic issue, because I think this is one of the primary differences between the the allopathic view that it's just genetic and there's nothing that we can do about it. And then this epigenetic view, which it's my understanding that epigenetics basically says that your lifestyle determines which genes become activated. Is that accurate to you? Do you want to explain the difference? Yeah, that's a lot of it. Okay. That, that is a, a lot of it right there. And um, uh, most people understand genetics to the degree uh, of, of a definition. Um, it's, um, it's who you are based on the genes that your, your parents passed on to you. You have brown hair, you have uh, brown eyes or blue eyes. Um, these are things that you inherited from uh, your uh, parents. And uh, we, we would call our genetics then uh, the computer of our body. 
And, um, but a computer needs good software. And that's what the epigenetics is. It's the software of the body. And your computer's not going to run without good software. And so epigenetics covers physiology, whereas genetics covers anatomy. Um, doctors uh, have done a good job studying anatomy in college. I'm not sure that they got all the physiology they needed, because if they did, they'd understand that that's what controls our lives. Um, God gave us the genetics and he gave us those systems that we call epigenetic systems, whether they're, they have to do with detoxification symptoms or, or, uh, detoxification systems in our body or pathways. Um, they could be hormonal or enzymatic pathways, all of these physiological functions. And there's thousands, tens of thousands of, of them more that go on every day. Mm-hmm. And our body is reliant on these systems to be healthy. And when these systems begin to break down, then that's when we get in trouble. And it is basically the the acidification and the inflammation of the body that drives disease. And epigenetics, as we stated, the physiological functions, when they are they are treated right and given the resources they need to sustain themselves and to thrive, then they run anything else out of our body. That's called our immune system on the far end. The only thing that heals us of anything. But uh, we're Americans, we're North Americans, we're world people who now eat junk. Um, and by the way, there's no such thing as junk food. There's food and there's junk. We need to make that disparity or that uh, uh, separation right there. But, right. And, and it's because of how we treat our body. And, and just as you said, it's because of what we put in our body, what we put on our body. And so we are part and parcel to the reason that we get cancer or any other um, uh, any other illness, chronic illness. But there are some things that we can't control, too, or at least we don't think we control them. We are bombarded daily with um, um, radiation, with chemicals. And, and there is something we can do about that, but people aren't aware of it, just like they're not aware of the, the statistic you gave early, 97.1% of all people that uh, undergo chemotherapy in the United States for cancer are dead in five years. I mean, I still tell people that and and they think I'm a liar. They it's say, unbelievable. Yeah, people find it hard to believe. They really do. But it's there in the scientific literature. Clear. It is. And I talked to Dr. Graham Morgan from Australia. He's retired now, but he was the uh, he was the lead doctor uh, epidemiologist in the study that that did this. And it was published in the 2003-2004 December issue of the uh, Journal of Oncology. And that's the Cancer Doctors magazine. Mm. And it basically pointed right at him and and said 97.1% in America and 97.3% of people in Australia die within five years after treatment with chemotherapy. And I asked him, is it true still today? That was 2004. You published this. And he says, oh, absolutely. It's just as bad or worse now. And um, so that's been two or three years ago when I talked to him. But um, it's it's the same. And and we those of us in this industry know what happens and we know what happens daily in this country regarding cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's an, another just sad, sad situation. But um, epigenetics is something we pay a lot of attention to because we, we walk the cancer backwards and uh, any type of uh, chronic illness backwards because we want to know where it came from. 
and uh, we do know where it comes from. Hence, we know what to do about it. Doctors, if you if you go to a doctor and you're diagnosed with cancer and, and you look at the doctor and say, why me? It's likely he will give you about two or three minutes on uh, talking uh, 26 letter words about where the cancer was found and uh, what uh, what cells are involved and, and all of that. And then and then you'll say, well, we really don't know. I tell you, I don't want that guy helping me with my cancer. I want someone who knows. Right. And someone who knows epigenetics knows. We know that you need the right food. You need the right supplements. You need the right water. You need exercise. You need to detox your body. These are the five major issues. If you pay no attention to those, you're not going to heal. If you pay excellent attention to those, almost all people do heal uh, who have any semblance of an immune system left. I mean, we've um, we've dealt with so many people that have been given the death sentence, 90 days left to, uh, to live. Mm. They're told to go home and die. Sadly, we do what the doctor says. So many of them go home and die. But there are those who fight for their lives and they come and see us after they've already battled with chemotherapy and radiation. It's a wonder they're still alive at all anymore after that onslaught of chemical right. radiation. And, and as you know, many die from the treatments now as opposed to the cancer itself. But uh, we we deal with a lot of these people. And I can tell you that there are so many that are walking around today, years and years and years later, when they were supposed to be dead in 90 days. So it matters what you do. And it matters if you pay attention. And it matters if you understand epigenetics and how it works. Heck, we've got nutrition now that that basically is uh, is designer nutrition. I've got a can right behind me here that's designed only for me, no one else in the world. And it's based on my genes. It's based on 16 or 17 genes that have a heavy response uh, epigenetically to the right kind of nutrition. Wow. Yeah. So it is about epigenetics and, and people don't need to know a lot to understand that. Let's understand the basic physiology of our body, and it's real straightforward. And and then you've got it your your first pass at epigenetics, and that's what you need to know. Right. Yeah. One of the things that really blows me away is that you know, I mean, it's probably been a hundred years since the allopathic systems really kind of taken control uh, in the United States, and. It just fascinates me that science has actually progressed over the last hundred years, and we've got this situation where, uh, where these alternative treatments, which you actually point out in the book, shouldn't be the alternative. They should be the standard treatment protocols because they actually work. Um, but these, what are considered alternatives to the uh, allopathic system, uh, they have progressed scientifically to a point where they know all of this new information. It's just phenomenal. Uh, how far, basically, I guess you describe it as naturopathic medicine has come in the last hundred years, and they're not allowed to practice. I mean, they could be helping so many people. It's so frustrating to watch. Well, it's come quite a quite a distance in uh, in knowledge and understanding and, and research of the science itself in natural medicine. A lot of people call what we do alternative. It's only alternative in that it's different than what allopathic medicine is doing. Um, but ours is the, is the uh, healthcare system that has been around for, like I said, for forever. It's the one that, that people went to and they still go to um, when, when they're not afraid to go there. Right. <laughs> but, um, and, and, and that's a problem. They're, they're taught to fear what we do. They're taught that we are quacks. 
that there's no scientific evidence. And to, there's all kinds of scientific evidence. What there isn't is clinical trials. And, and who's going to do a clinical trial on, on something that uh, some product um, that uh, will cost them a quarter of a billion dollars maybe, and they'll never make their money back and they can't afford to do it. And so the standard of what is acceptable is set by the, the pharmaceutical companies and the AMA alone. Right. They're the ones that, that set those standards and they set them that way so that no one can meet them but themselves. It's it's such an incredible, I mean, that's just such a fascinating point. You brought it up in the book, and I just want to reiterate that for, for my audience, that they it costs so much money to get the quote-unquote scientific evidence that gets your product passed or approved by the FDA and going through the process. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, literally, that it's a huge barrier for entry for someone that's selling a natural product that's not going to make them that kind of money. It's So so the whole system is, is set up only for these huge corporations that are only in it for the money, right? It's crazy. Well, that's that's exactly right. And um, if if what we did became mainstream, they, they'd go out of business because yeah. people would flock to us. If, it, if what we did was covered by insurance, they'd go out of business. And so they can't afford to allow these things to happen. But when you really study and you research uh, the literature on, on clinical trials of drugs, and uh, you, you, you become shocked at how many of them are are false and how many of them have been secretly adjusted to make them look acceptable and um, and and this is a matter of public record now this is no big secret and you know if um, if if a drug is approved and two people out of a hundred people get better from something and then they improve the drug just a little bit and three people out of a hundred are, are now getting better from the drug. You know what that is, don't you? Two out of a hundred, as opposed to three out of a hundred. That's what another a fifty percent more people now, right? <laughs> whatever right. it is, and and so there's a way to manipulate the statistics any way you want them to look, and that's typically done in the drug industry. And um, I'll, I'll be surprised if our, our video and radio show here end up showing to people and they've been taking our Facebook posts down uh, day after day because yeah. um, we have a what you might call a righteous indignation uh, because what we do works and we know it works, but we're not allowed to tell people it works. We're not allowed to tell anyone that this cures this or that. And, and we don't anyway. And, and yet I can go down to Seattle Tacoma International Airport down here and see pasted all over in gigantic letters, uh, the hospital advertisements that we cure cancer and they don't cure cancer. I mean, for crying out loud, but the, the public is the, the public is lulled. They're lulled into complacency when it comes to medicine. And, and secondly, we have insurance in this country by and large, and people are going to go where their insurance is, is going to pay. Mm -hmm. um, if insurance paid, like I said earlier, for what we do, <laughs> allopathic medicine would be in a whole lot of trouble. Right. And they know that. You mentioned in the book that already like 50% of healthcare, is that true? 50% of healthcare costs are people voluntarily spending their own money on all these alternatives. Um, so that was a little bit more than I even realized that, that a lot of people are actually, you know, paying out of pocket to try these alternatives. I guess probably buying on the supplement market is, is a big bulk of that, but, but, uh, 
it is pretty amazing actually that in the free market of things uh, these these uh, these naturopathic or these alternative perspectives are actually, I mean, they're doing quite well considering uh, all of the barriers to entry and all of the incredible difficulties uh, that these uh, doctors are having, being able to describe how these treatment works, or in some cases, even having to deal with the fact that the treatments are illegal or that certainly not approved. Um, and I think, you know, I think you mentioned without, like, for example, without Medicare, or as you say, if the insurance companies would pay for these alternative treatments, then far, big pharma would be out of business. I mean, it's just clearly their approach is not working. Yeah. And, and even though the people are lulled into complacency, like I said, they're still pretty smart and, and they see where their, their dad and their, their grandma and their brother all died of cancer and right. they all went through the big three and it didn't work for them and actually they were they were worse and it was like they were tortured the last six months of their lives they see that and as a result they think wow i need to try something different if this is me or or one of my children or one of my parents or whatever we at least owe it to them to look somewhere else and when they look somewhere else, they find something and they get results that starts to spread. And, and that's why we have what we do, not mainstream, but but it, we're, we're a little brook, you might say, next to them. We're not the stream, but we're the right. brook. And, and we're really starting to babble. So now we're a babbling brook. <laughs> right. and, and people are sitting up and they're paying attention. They say, you know what? That worked for Jim, you know, that worked for Sarah. Yeah. We need to look at this more seriously. Yes, we have to get into our own pocket, but we want to heal and we want to find a way. And they do find ways, whether it's doing uh, fundraising on the Internet, uh, a GoFundMe or yeah, people are, are mortgaging their houses. And and I, I'm not recommending that people do that. But many who've been through all the rounds of cancer have already mortgaged their houses and lost their cars and everything. And, and then they die and the bills are left with the family. Yeah. Uh, what's right about that? Um, so what we do cost 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 times less than, than you would pay uh, at a hospital. You just don't know it because you're not paying most of it. But the uh, the drug co-pays and, uh, and the other portions that you have to pay still mount up, especially when cancer carries on for a period of time and the families suffer. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of money that people pay and pay out. Um, for this end of life care that that so rarely actually works it's a it's a travesty and a tragedy in so many cases and i think you're right i mean i have a friend that was just telling me a story about his buddy that you know got cancer and just said screw it i'm changing my diet i'm looking he didn't even go i to a professional, my friend, he just looked it up on the internet, how to eat better and how to treat himself better. And he cured his own cancer. The doctors were amazed like they always are. But more and more stories like that start to spread around. And of course, in your book, you just talk, I mean, the in, in the literature, if you really do your research, you see it happening over and over and over and over again, where if you take this alternative track, then it works. Whereas the chemotherapy, again, as you say, so many of us, uh, in my own family, I've seen it, but just like you're talking about, well, they take the, they take the allopathic route and your family member with cancer just has a ter terrible last six months of life. They become sicker and sicker with the treatments and then they're not strong enough to fight the cancer anymore. So you've got to be looking around for alternatives. I think that 
babbling brook is going to be getting louder and louder as more people start to see clearly uh, what the facts on the ground are saying, right? Um, yes. So let's get into exactly, you know, like the differences between these treatment protocols. And you've mentioned already, first of all, I think the personal responsibility is a big thing. One of the draws, I guess, of allopathic medicine is that you don't have to take, you know, oh, it doesn't matter that you've been smoking a pack of cigarettes your whole life, or it doesn't matter how you eat or what you've done. It's just genetic. And here's the pill. And now you're going to be fine. Uh, and so it's kind of, it is the easy way out. And that maybe is why so many people take that route. Um, and with with this method, with your methodologies, you have to be able to say to yourself, okay, you know, I can't I can't eat candy bars and drink soda every day if I have cancer. That's not going to work. I have to actually suck it up and, and change what I'm doing. Uh, and then it seems like the foundation, the foundational difference to your approach as well, is that the immune system is what you're targeting. It's not that you're going to directly target the cancer and get rid of the cancer. You're going to strengthen the immune system. And the, let the immune system do its job. Is that accurate? Do you think? Was that how you would describe it? Uh, yes. And imagine those in in my industry that do what I do. About four or five years ago, when the ads started to hit the television from the medical uh, uh, the medical establishment, saying that we we finally have found it. We found the answer to cancer. It's about the immune system. And of course, all of us just slapped ourselves in the forehead and said, duh, we've been saying that forever. And as a result, what we have is immunotherapy now that they're offering and they're saying that's going to be the salvation for cancer patients. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's not because they're just using drugs to try and stimulate the immune system. Why not utilize the foods, the supplements, the herbs, uh, the right kind of water, the things that actually work? In, in stimulating the immune system with no bad effects. Right. So the immunotherapy will work once in a while, but it's like, it's like stem cell transplants, you know, they're, they're supposed to be the salvation too, and they don't work very often. And they cost 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000. And then you have host versus graft disease because you're getting someone else's stem cells. Actually, we have the answer to that now because we have stem cell patches that we wear. Uh, we've got technology here that so many people do not know about. And right. if they did, they'd be flocking to get this stuff. What if you could put a patch on your neck every day, take it off at night, and it would take someone like me. I'll be 71 years old in a couple of weeks. I'm still a runner. I'm still going strong at 71. What, but when I, when I turn 65, it's true of most people that uh, probably 90 to 95% of my stem cells were dormant. And stem cells keep you young and they heal you. That's what they do. Right. So what if you could turn your stem cells back to when you were 35 years old? Wouldn't, wouldn't everyone want to do that? And that's exactly what these do, utilizing your own stem cells. I have a patch on the back of my neck right now. And what it does, it's, it's, it's um, uh, phototherapy is what it is. It serves as kind of an antenna and it reflects a certain spectrum of infrared light back into my body that my body is emitting. And, and that uh, basically stimulates a copper peptide in your body that does 50 wonderful things for you in, wow. in helping to heal you and keep you well. One of the things it does is it activates your stem cells and gets them migrating, dividing uh, again. 
and it makes a difference in your life. So there's nothing in the patch that goes into you. Um, it's just reflects light is all it does. But the, the clinical proof is there. There's been at least 12 studies that prove everything I've just said. And uh, so I don't have to tell people it cures anything, but it works uh, to do what, what it's supposed to do and what stem cells do. And you know what? I'll bet there's not one out of a thousand or 10,000 people out there that knows that this technology is available to them. And they don't have to, they don't have to buy stem cells for 10, 20, $30,000 to try and fix their knee. Um, and that, you know, they're welcome to do that. Uh, right. We don't tell people what to do. We tell them what we would do if we were given the situation and we have the science behind us. Well, this again goes back to that point about there's been a hundred years of scientific evolution outside of the allopathic system and nobody's, it's not, you don't get that on your commercial, you know, but in the nightly news or whatever, right? You're not hearing yeah. about it. And uh, these allopathic guys just have so much money and so much political power that they make it really challenging for uh, this new technology, this this natural naturopathic technology, to get out there and to uh, to be available to the public. And yet, it's, it's life saving. I mean, it's amazing uh, the things that you describe in the book. Uh, what science has discovered about how the immune system works and the, the different products and supplements that are out there. If you just take this epigenetic perspective instead of the genetic perspective i was just uh you you when you brought up um the the immune therapies and the way the allopathic people are dealing with this they're looking at even like these mrna vaccines like they're now pushing for covid they're looking at curing cancer by going straight into the genetics again not looking at this epigenetically and helping people boost their own immune system so you know maybe you can discuss that because we're really looking at this it's so funny to see or it's interesting to see how the technology has advanced, but then the allopathic system wants to pigeonhole it into this. I, I think the best way is to put it is this genetic and epigenetic dichotomy. The, you know, the allopathic system wants to first of all they need to make it profitable, uh, and so if it's not if it's too natural, they're not going to use it. But um, then it they want to make it genetic so they can just like. Uh, is it about control? Maybe it, maybe that's what it is. Maybe they want to be able to control our bodies genetically instead of us epigenetically choosing for ourselves, right? How to take care of ourselves. So, well, I think it goes beyond that. Um, even now, when we talk about M mRNA, when we talk about uh, COVID nineteen, uh, coronaviruses. I mean, anyone who's in my business knows that there's what, uh, you know, three, uh, 30 trillion uh, bacteria in your body. And a lot of them are good bacteria. Mm -hmm. And there's 300 tri trillion viruses. And, um, and most viruses aren't bad. Most viruses work within you. They're part of that, those epigenetic functions that take place within you. Right. And um, I, I have a different, I think we're going to rue the day that we started pumping that mRNA into our bodies. And um, there's going to there's going to be some problems with this, especially for a so-called virus that has never, ever been purified. I don't know if you've seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah. And I've been writing I've been writing about COVID-19 now for 14 months in my monthly newsletter. And so, yeah, we've got a little knowledge and understanding about that. I also know that when you pump people full of uh, 5G, which is now going on, that it has a ten it makes your cells sick. That's what it does. And when your cells get sick, they puke up what's inside of them. And you know what's inside of them? A lot of viruses. 
And right. um, and so I think this is the reason that, um, or at least a big part of the reason, um, and we're doing a, a, an RT-PCR test, which is bogus on its face. The guy who invented it said, never use it for a coronavirus because you'll get a false positive almost all of the time. I mean, what has happened to us? What has happened to us medically and as a country when we take information that is false on its face and we put it out there as fact? That just tells you mm-hmm. what control the, the medical system has over our lives. And um, I tell people, I, I don't get a vaccination. I'll get any vaccinations. I, I take zinc. I take vitamin C. Right. Um, I, I pump my body full of the things that will squash any, any bad virus in your body. I take silver uh, all the time. Silver kills almost every pathogen known to man. Uh, why don't people know this? Why aren't the hospitals using silver wholesale instead of antibiotics? These are things that I cover some of these in the book. I cover them in the mm-hmm. newsletter. And, and we're constantly doing Zooms and, and around the world and trying to get people to understand that just as you had said, Doug, the tools are there. The science is, is growing because it's always been there, but we're understanding it more and how it works. And there's more people like you and me out there that are pushing it forward and it's rising to the top. And, and that's what we've needed for so long. And, um, and medicine doesn't like it because they're getting big pushback now. They're getting patients that are questioning them. Why do I need this chemo? Think about this. Chemotherapy does not kill cancer stem cells. Radiotherapy does not kill cancer stem cells. My gosh, those are the ones that metastasize the cancer. Those are the ones you have to kill. And you can't kill that. You can't kill them. As a matter of fact, when you give someone chemo or radiation, it makes those stem cells not the same as your stem cells. These are cancer stem cells. It makes them more virile. And they're going to go somewhere else in in your body and set up shop. That's why someone who's declared declared cancer-free after chemo or radiation, two months later, six months later, oh, cancer's back. Well, I got news for you. It's not back. It never left. And yet we know things that actually kill cancer stem cells. Turmeric, used correctly, kills cancer stem cells. Sulforaphane, found in broccoli, kills cancer stem cells. There's a lot of things that do, but they rest in the plant kingdom, not in medicine. And I hope everyone gets that out of of this talk we're having today if they get nothing else. Right. And of course, what you can get from the plant kingdom isn't, isn't profitable. It's natural and you can't patent that. And anybody can make it and sell it. So that's right. That, <laughs> therein that lies exactly the problem. Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's it's so fascinating to to see. I mean, even the silver that you're talking about. Uh, another uh, advance that you mentioned in the book, they've been able to break down the silver particles into smaller and smaller pieces, so that it 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 can now be even more efficient. Uh, at cleaning out the body than ever before in the history of humankind. They've been using silver for thousands of years for this. Um, But now because of modern technology and advancements in science, uh, they can break it down to such a small size that it, that it can really get everywhere in the body very easily. And, Um, And that's exactly what we're using right now. We're using, we're two types of picometer sized silver. It's ionized. So it actually becomes part of the solution. It's not like silver colloids that are suspended in the solution. They're too big and they can fall out of solution. We now have pico silver and we also have pico magnesium. 
We have we have pico calcium, pico minerals that are 100% absorbable at the cellular level. There's nothing else out there in the marketplace that is, unless it's a picometer and it is dissolved and, it, and it's not just held in suspension. I, colloidal silver is fine. It'll do a lot for you, but you got Lyme disease. You don't need colloidal silver because it can't get in the smallest of capillaries. It's too mm -hmm. big. And Lyme hides everywhere in your body in the, in the smallest of crevices. So you need something to help root it out. And um, and so you're exactly right about what silver does. It kills virtually every pathogen known to man. If you can get the silver to the pathogen. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to me, actually. Um, I, I've I did an interview. I know, you know, uh, Dr. Robert Young, probably about six months ago now. And I just started learning a lot, of, you know, about this. The more and more I learn about this point of view, the, just the more amazing it is at what uh, healthcare professionals have come up with in the last, you know, over the course of the last hundred years, but just more and more as science has progressed again, like, like we could have a healthcare system that was, I don't even know, probably a, a tenth of the cost, uh, and, and hundreds of times more effective, right? I mean, people should yeah. be living happy and healthy into their hundreds, right? With the technology that we have. I mean, we know how to do this, the yes. system just won't allow it right now. Yes, and, and Robert Young's big on alkaline and alkalinity, mm -hmm. and, and rightfully so. Uh, again, we're a, we're a species that acidifies our body on a daily basis. And people will say, yeah, but we have alkaline buffers to take care of it. Well, for a while until we break those down because we keep pumping our bodies full of crap. Right. We, drink, we drink milk, which is very acidic, never meant for humans. We eat way too much meat. I'm not saying that you shouldn't eat meat. But we don't eat meat. We don't eat it the right way. We don't eat the right kinds of meat. It's very acidic. We drink soda pop, which is 2.5 pH. And, and uh, so our bodies become so acidic that they become sick. And then they become inflamed. Inflammation drives all sickness. It, it drives cancer. It spreads cancer. Mm -hmm. and so alkalinity is a must. That's why we recommend Kangen water. It's the best way to bring an acidic body back to alkaline in anywhere in the world. There's no doubt about it. Ask the Hunzakut people who basically still drink it. You know, it's it's the water, the cold, yeah. clear, clean water rushing down from the uh, the uh, glaciers, uh, roaring across the streams, picking up minerals. It becomes ionized water. It becomes higher in, in pH. And, you know, the Hunzakuts lived till, you know, until recently when they started going down to Islamabad and eating at the Burger King. Right. You know, they, they lived to be over 100 years old. They ate a lot of apricots and apricot kernels, too. And, and this is all documented. It's all documented again. I've got a book here out of the 30s or 40s. A guy went back there and, and, and verified all of this. And so these things aren't new. They're just being rediscovered, you might say, and brought mm -hmm. out into the open for with people that are bold enough to do it. Uh, not so much with the we talked about the GC math. Um, people dared to put that out there, and it became so effective for autism and cancer and things that uh, that it was banned. And then the people that were working on it um, suddenly, many of them disappeared. Um, it's really too bad. So you can't legally get GCMAF and it's a macrophage activating factor, mm -hmm. uh, glycoprotein, but you can't get it in the United States now or you're not supposed to be able to. So you have to go offshore to try and acquire it. But there are some offshore facilities that actually utilize it still.
and we can send people there if they're interested in that, you know? So, so many things are available, so many more things than ever were before. You just have to look. You've got to take a vested interest in your life and, and understand what heals prevents and what prevents heals. So yeah. you and I both know that the, the, best, uh, the best cure is prevention. It's the one that's sure. And, and yet, uh, again, we're Americans and we have the right to eat whatever we want, drink whatever we want, not exercise, um, not detox right. our body. If you're as old as I am and if you've never detoxed your body, your liver's failing. You just don't know it. And um, we, we, we know the best kind of detox in the world. We do precision intestinal oxidative hydrotony. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like it in the world. Chapter nine in my book, you'll read about it, PIO. And so we have a lot of tools, unlike the doctors, especially with cancer. They've got a toolkit that has three things in it. That's all. And they treat symptoms. They don't help the patient. But we've got a toolbox full of things that help everybody. And, uh, and we use them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was amazing again, to read the book and just see all, all of the different things that are available and that, that, that are out there. I mean, there's so much information. It's so sad actually that the average doctor and then the average person, uh, really doesn't understand how to take care of themselves because the information is out there in the world and people really could live in optimal health, uh, if they were allowed to take self-responsibility, you know, <laughs> and the yes. information was easily available. Um, let's get into uh, really like maybe some of these causes of cancer. We've touched on the alkaline uh, acidity thing, but maybe you could go a little bit deeper into that because that uh, I, I think, and according to Dr. Young and my interview that I did with him is really fundamental in terms of what causes health. Uh, and what causes disease and our lifestyle is so amazingly acidic here in the United States. It's just phenomenal. I mean, it's almost amazing. Sometimes the more I learn, I wonder how people are walking around at all, you know, how their bodies are taking it. <laughs> yeah, that's an, that's an excellent point. And when, when we get down to the nuts and bolts of this, what drives acidity is almost everything that average Americans are doing today, what they put in their mouth, all the, all the caustic things they handle, um, whether it's uh, things that, that scrub their floor, they, they put fluoride in their mouth in the form of toothpaste. Uh, they put chlorine in their body. Every time they take a shower, they get eight glasses of chlorinated water that's absorbed by their body. Um, we, um, we use uh, cell phones. Um, children as young as two years old are using cell phones now. Uh, so the radiation, the chemicals that, that are in our food, that are in our water, that are in everything we do, and, and just walking outside today, we're bombarded with radiation and, and chemicals. And so it's, it's almost impossible to get away from it. Mm -hmm. And all of that drives that acidity that you're talking about because they're, they're, they become acid forming in the body and acidify the body. And what does acidity beget? Inflammation. And inflammation uh, begets pain and disease. That's what happens. When, it, when a cancer cell or when a cell basically is, is uh, uh, deprived, uh, is fed with sugar, uh, deprived of its oxygen um, and, and acidified, then it can turn into a cancer cell. These are, all of us have cancer cells forming, uh, not a lot of them, but forming probably on a daily basis. And our mm -hmm. immune systems are strong enough to knock them out. Right. But it's when our immune systems aren't 
when we're constantly downloading our body with uh, junk and with acidity and with radiation and chemicals, our, our bodies go the way they're supposed to go. It's the old analogy of putting sugar in your gas tank. Your car's not going to run. And yet we eat 175 pounds of sugar a year individually in all different forms. Cancer feeds on sugar. But worse yet is that when we dump sugar in our body, um, let's say um, a 12 ounce can of Coca-Cola has about nine to 10 teaspoons of sugar in it. That much sugar will disable your immune system, 50% of your immune system for four hours at least. And we can't, we can't afford that. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. When I read that in the book, I was actually kind of shocked. I mean, I know sugar is not healthy for us, but it really shuts you down that, that badly. Well, yeah. And, and then think about this, our immune system, our white blood cells, our, our macrophages, all of these, because sugar has a similar chemical structure to vitamin C. And because our white blood cells need 10 to 20 times more vitamin C to fight for us, they see that sugar coming and they mistake it for vitamin C and they gobble it up. And that's what puts them on their lips for four hours or more. Wow. And our, and our, and our kids are drinking, what, 32 ounce soda pops today uh, and maybe more than one a day. And so that's why we're in trouble. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it becomes so obvious when you when you learn about what's going on. I mean, the culture is clearly uh, pushing uh, toxic lifestyle on everyone. And they they sort of have no idea that they're killing themselves eating the way that they do. And then they're expecting to go to the doctor and just get some magic pill. And it just doesn't work that way. It's like, sorry, you, you have to take responsibility for yourself. You have to make good choices for your body. And then you have to uh, have the knowledge uh, of the kinds of supplements that, uh, and the kind of food that you need to eat, the, the alkalizing food uh, and, and the water. I've got my king of water right here, actually. I've been, I was convinced. Yeah. Um, yeah. And taken, taken at least that step because the water that you drink is so important. Um, and, and having that uh, alkalizing effect uh, and being well hydrated is the first step, I think, uh, in, in uh, eliminating toxicity. But one of the interesting things, again, just to, to continue with this dichotomy with uh, allopathic medicine versus these alternatives, is allopathic medicine almost never discusses toxicity, which is so strange. They, again, they want to blame everything on uh, genetics. Um, and they don't really talk about toxicity, but yet toxicity is so important. As you say, if you haven't done a, a real solid detox by the time you're in your 60s and 70s, I mean, you are going to be having symptoms of liver failure. I mean, you need to keep yourself clean. It's got, it should be the cornerstone of health. Yeah, it should absolutely be. But, uh, you know, when, when we talk about... We talk about the structure that is set up to provide food in our country today. Why isn't our government doing something about that? Because they certainly know about it. They certainly know that there are more non-foods than foods that are full of chemicals. Right. I mean, there was a crash on a freeway in the Midwest about three years ago, a tractor trailer um, that, that fell over and spilled its contents. You know what was in it? Skittles. You right. know what Skittles are? And, you know, well, they asked the driver, where are you headed with all those Skittles? I'm going to the cattle ranch. They feed the cattle with the Skittles. Oh, wow. They feed chickens with blood of other chickens and parts from other chickens now. Yeah. 
And so this is this is no surprise to someone who who does a little bit of research. But yeah, they let you in the hospital. They'll let you eat anything that you want. They say it doesn't matter. Right. And and so they don't deal with toxicity because it's not something that they're purposely aware of, um, or they just don't want to know because it's not their bailiwick. They need to keep people sick. I, I hate to say that about my country and about our our sick. Um, not our healthcare system, but our sick care si- system is that people, they need people to be sick. And I don't know how anyone could look at this entire system and how it's set up and say, it's not about power and money. And, yeah. and that's what it's all about. And, and when I say power, money is power. So it's about money really is what it's all about. And, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, this should be no secret to anyone, except America really doesn't want to know. We want to close our eyes and get our care and live our lives the way that we want to. Um, but and, and then we complain when we're 60 years old and, and our knees are shot uh, because we paid no attention to our bones and joints. We ate no foods that would help us with those. And we know what those are today, too. We can help people have arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and people with osteoporosis. Don't take those shots and that crap that they're giving you. Don't do that. That's a death sentence. Don't take Tums and Roll-Aids and Prilosec and Prevacid. That's a death sentence for people and they don't get it because their doctor prescribed it for them. Right. Instead, find calcium that's 100% usable at the cellular level. Use D3 and K2 if you want to build your bones. We know how to do that today. There's no side effects where there is with all these other drugs. Yeah, so let's get into actually some of the supplements. I mean, you you produce quite a list in the book. Um, and I, if people really want to get into it, they're going to have to get the book and check it out. Um, there are so many options, though. I almost wanted to get something like what are the primary uh, nutrient deficiencies that you see happening you talk about vitamin d you talk about magnesium um and some other things what would you say uh, typically i mean we've got people who are acidic and they need to be more alkaline and you talk about eating raw foods actually more raw foods more vegetables clearly um and then what other kind of supplements can people be looking for in order to prevent or even uh if they've found out that they do have cancer what can they do to start healing well they can find a good uh, powdered nutritional supplement there's a lot of them out there now we like the relive products cuz they've been around for 40 years and i'll tell you that we have thousands and thousands of testimonials on those if people don't want to use those, there's there's some other good companies out there that are producing good ones. Just look to try and get something as pure as you can or as organic as you can. Doesn't necessarily have to be 100% that way, but if it's close, that's that's always a good thing because we need to supplement with nutrients. You get the right supplement like that, and you're putting more um, vitamins and minerals, good vitamins and minerals, and other uh, plant or phytonutrients into your body. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be best for us to sh- sit sit down and just eat plants, you know, because the, the plant is a whole system in itself. It has everything it needs to survive, unlike humans. And the plant just needs a, a good soil and minerals in the soil and water, and it can, it can thrive. Um, humans, <laughs> humans need more than that. And if we could sit down and eat plants, if we could eat five pounds of kale and five pounds of Brussels sprouts and five pounds of uh, right. spinach and, and all of that <laughs> every day, we'd be much healthier. 
but we can't do that. And that's why we take supplements. And so find a good powdered supplement, and then find some good minerals. We know that we have the best minerals in the world. We have the best magnesium in the world. And almost all Americans are short of minerals and magnesium, as are the animals out in the barnyard, sadly. Um, when you ever see a goat or a horse chewing on a fence post, you know what he's doing? He's looking for minerals. Right. And so we need good minerals. There's not one of these phytochemical reactions or epigenetic reactions we talk about that takes place in the, in the body, not one that doesn't require at least one mineral to be present when it does, at least one. And magnesium is responsible for a hundred or a thousand different enzyme reactions and enzyme systems that, that go on in our body. Americans don't have enough. We find if they just had enough minerals and, and uh, magnesium, many people start thriving from that point on. Of course, we tell them to get rid of the wheat and the gluten and get rid, rid of the milk and the, and the dairy products that um, are, are essentially bad for them and they don't know it. But um, that's what they need. And, and we, we also eat the seeds. We eat the seed oils because the life mm -hmm. is in the seed. We eat um, seed oils that come from Rain International. And, and if anybody wants to know about these products, we're, we're happy. I'll give my email address and they can email me. And uh, we're happy to share this information with them. But we eat black human seed because uh, it's been known since uh, the dark ages to heal everything but death. That's right. what was said about it. So we take these seed oils and, and eat them. And I can take a two-pound pack of seed oil, or excuse me, two-ounce pack, and it will give me the, the same nutrition as if I had to eaten four to eight servings of fruit and vegetables that day. And so and we, and we have several of those different kinds of seed packs, and they're basically the oil of seeds. We just suck the oil out of the two-ounce pack, and it's real simple and straightforward. It tastes good. And it's one of the greatest anti-inflammatories that there is, too. And we're talking about inflammation and acidity. Almost everything we recommend is anti-inflammatory. And so they all work together. But speaking about all the things in the book, I'll say to anyone who's getting the book, please don't go in there and buy everything that's in the book. You don't need to do that. Right. These are, these are just examples. And if you, if you have a bad situation, you want to get a hold of us, we'll counsel you for free. We'll tell you what we would do in, in that situation. And again, we're going to sit down and tell you the right supplements, the right water, the right foods, the right detox, and, and how to exercise. And, and sometimes when people have an inability to exercise, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we find that when we do all of these things, they all work together epigenetically and start to start to restore the body. And, and that means you're cutting off the supply to the cancer cells. Um, you're restoring those epigenetic systems. If you've got uh, lupus or fibromyalgia or some other autoimmune disease, I mean, these are largely food diseases. And when you can get the right foods and supplements into your body and start alkalizing your body, things change. Your inner terrain changes. So if you got autoimmune, autoimmune you know, we can help you with that. Mm -hmm. And people, they don't get help. They, they don't get help from medical associations for these types of autoimmunes because they just want to give them drugs that actually make make their immune system weaker so it won't supposedly attack itself and they can alleviate symptoms. It's nonsense. And, and pe people, we don't know it. We don't know. It. We need to strengthen our immune systems. 
And we need to reestablish our epigenetic systems so our immune system will not attack itself if that's actually what it does. People have a, they've got a missing link in their body if they've got autoimmune disease and it's a breakdown in their epigenetic systems. We need to restore those. And when we do, we restore the body and those autoimmune, supposed autoimmune diseases go away. And so this is not rocket science, although you would think it was because no one seems to know what to do or how to understand it, but uh, we'll tell them. So thank you so much for the work that you've done. And thank you so much for this book. And I, I highly recommend that people check this out. And, you know, my path was was the truth about cancer. That documentary series really blew my mind. Um, and then this book uh, really took it to the next level um, because it becomes very, very clear when you get the information right in front of your face that what's happening is not right and that people uh, people need to be free to make choices you know that can actually save people's lives here (laughs) let me say one last thing if i could uh, doug and that's it um we don't market conga water machines so uh, your listeners get one from doug do that uh, (laughs) because that's that's going to help we've seen it help everyone dramatically they are a little expensive we'll say that up front but it's worth every cent of it and it'll probably last your lifetime For any of these other products, um, or if you just want to contact me, you want to have a a private consult um, by phone or Zoom, uh, we can do that too. And it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, Just get a hold of me at info at AmericanACI.org. That'll come directly to me, info at AmericanACI.org. Okay. And and that's the website too that people can go to, AmericanACI.org? Yes. To find out more. Yes. And they can they can go to that website and they get our free newsletter every month, too. It comes out around the first of the month. Um, I write it. Um, it's full of information. Again, more science and research and 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 basic things we need to do to stay well and to, and to get well. And um, it comes out every month that you just sign up and give your email address. It comes to you automatically, electronically around the first of every month free. Well, sounds good, Robert. I hope people really do check it out. The information is so important. Cancer is such a huge deal. I I think the numbers now are are 50% of people are going to get cancer. One out of every two people is going to end up dying of cancer or catching cancer at this point. So it's, you know, it's such a huge issue in in every family's life. And uh, this information, even if you don't really believe in it 100%, you should at least check it out, weigh your options, you know. Um, so uh, I highly recommend uh, AmericanACI.org. Check it out and check out Robert's book, um, Kill Cancer, Not People. And it'll give you a lot of really incredible information, not just about how to cure cancer if you've got it, but actually uh, how to live healthy right now. Um, so a lot of good information there. And before we close it off, uh, I'll just let people know that you have been listening to The Shift. And I'm your host, Doug McKenty. I really appreciate everybody who's checked this out. Again, this is a very important issue. You can find uh, all of the interviews that I've done at www.theshiftnow.com. And you can also check me out. You can check me out at Doug McKenty on Facebook. That's probably uh, my personal Facebook page kind of blown up. It's the place to go. And I've also got my videos up on Rockfin now, rockfin.com, or my Odyssey channel. It's looking like uh, 
odyssey.com for my video work. Uh, and I'm on SoundCloud for all the audio, but you can catch all of that uh, at theshiftnow.com uh, and check me out there. But uh, YouTube these days, which has been my go-to, I'm getting a couple of strikes. They seem to be getting a little bit more hardcore. So I think I'm going to move <laughs> on, move on to uh, the Odyssey channel these days. So, but anyway, thanks uh, everyone for uh, listening or watching this. And thanks again, Robert, for all the work that you've done. Um, just what a great, what great work you do. I, I really appreciate the, you know, all of my guests that, that, are really bucking the healthcare system, especially because there's so many, it's just amazing where science has gone and to be able to educate the public, uh, you know, how to be healthy, how to change your lifestyle. You don't have to be a statistic in the system and you don't have to spend your life's fortune uh, to deal with this stuff either. And the earlier that you catch on to this uh, and change your lifestyle uh, for the better, then the better off you will be. So thanks again, Robert. Thanks everybody for checking this out. We'll thanks, Doug. talk to you again. Take soon. care. Yep. You bet. Take care. Okay. Hey everybody. And thanks for checking that one out. That was my conversation with Richard Wright of the American Anti-Cancer Institute. Uh, I've been wanting to have that conversation for quite a while with Robert. Uh, this whole question of cancer actually kind of ties a lot together. We've been talking, of course, a lot about COVID over the last 18 months and the healthcare freedom issue, which allows you to be able to, you know, the the system of healthcare that allows you to, to choose your own treatment protocols instead of the ones that are uh, handpicked or handed down through the system from the hierarchy uh, by the government, by the uh, insurance companies, uh, as it's all kind of set up today. And uh, I first got interested in this idea of cancer. I was always, you know, I always believed that taking care of yourself and there were these uh, um, alternative uh, healing protocols for cancer I always thought would be interested in, in looking into. And then I watched uh, The Truth About Cancer with Ty Bollinger probably a few years ago and was actually blown away by how many uh, eyewitnesses, I mean, people who've actually experienced these alternative cures. They got sick. Uh, their doctor told them uh, that they had cancer and they didn't want to go through uh, the chemotherapy treatments, these expensive treatments that um, really seem to do a lot of harm to your body, you know. Uh, people were skeptical and they would try these alternative treatments and lo and behold, they would work. Uh, and that, uh, in that documentary, The Truth About Cancer, you know, I witnessed, I think Ty goes through a lot, you know, maybe 10 different types of cures. Like people have been experimenting with this, believe it or not, for a long time. Uh, and they've come up with a lot of different ways uh, of treating cancer. And if you check out Robert's book, uh, then you'll be able to, you know, he talks about quite a few of them as well in there, uh, cure, uh, kill cancer, not people, right? <laughs> Uh, and he gets into some of the statistics about chemotherapy, how it's not really working very well. And it's just so odd uh, that the government uh, and the big pharmaceutical corporations just push and push and push. I also did some research at one point to find out where chemotherapy comes from. And it turns out that uh, back in World War One, you guys can look this up. They uh, they banned mustard gas, right? It was a, so horrific of a weapon to use in, in war. It had killed so many tens, hundreds of thousands of people uh, that they actually banned it in wartime. And all of these uh, big weapons manufacturers had nothing to do with their mustard gas factories. And they found out that if they just tweaked them a little bit, they could produce this stuff called chemotherapy and call it a chemo cure. And now it's turned into... Uh, an extremely profitable business. I'm 
I think it's the number one uh, profit maker for big pharma uh, that they've got going on. So there's certainly a lot of incentive to just push and push and push this chemotherapy thing. Uh, no matter how much the evidence piles up that it's not that effective, that it's not working very well. And what really blew me away about reading Robert's work and, and what we uh, discussed at length in the interview is that these other doctors, these independent doctors that aren't working with big pharma, that aren't working on the chemotherapy treatments and the radiation treatments, have really utilized the explosion in, in scientific knowledge over the last hundred years to understand cancer really, really well. Through and through, uh, they've realized that it's this acidic environment in the body that really fosters the cancer tumor growth. Uh, and here's the diet, here's the supplements, here's the protocol that you need to get yourself on to change that environment to boost your immune system so you can get rid of it. Uh, and the science seems really, really clear. I mean, that was the amazing thing about talking to Robert about this. And I think I waited for such a long time to do this interview uh, because, uh, well, I hadn't run into the right person exactly. Uh, and when I found Robert, I knew it was going to be a good fit. Uh, but also because it's it's just so hard to imagine. I mean, I think so many of us, and, and when you're talking to your friends that that still, you know, that believe in the corporate system, believe in the corporate government complex, that, that uh, don't feel like they're being propagandized, that feel like they're getting the, the cutting-edge science, uh, and that Big Pharma only works to benefit humanity, and, you know... <laughs> Uh, when you start talking to them about cancer and alternative cancer cures, they just can't believe it because they can't believe that all of these doctors would work uh, would work towards work on chemotherapy and be giving chemotherapy treatments uh, when they really weren't that effective and when they really were doing a lot of damage. Although uh, when you uh, look at the statistics, you find that a lot of these doctors uh, wouldn't take chemotherapy themselves. <laughs> and so uh, it's, and it is mind boggling. It's mind boggling to think that so many people uh, have been impacted. I mean, including family members of mine and likely family members of yours uh, have been impacted negatively by this treatment protocol uh, that really doesn't work. Maybe it gives you a little bit of a longer lifespan, uh, but in the long run, rarely actually gets rid of the cancer in your body because you haven't changed the environment inside the body that produced the cancer in the first place. There's just uh, no way around it. And unfortunately, it seems like the big pharma system is making so, so much money off of it that they're not going to let alternatives get out there. Uh, alternatives are actually, in many, many cases, illegal. And then, of course, uh, the mainstream media kicks in whenever uh, there's another potential cure uh, to to lambast the doctors working on it as quacks and and uh, you know they'll lose their license and they get forced out of the country and the same old story we've seen over and over again uh, with treatment protocols that aren't profitable enough uh, or that are competing with those those big dollars that uh, that big pharma is making so um, this particular this particular topic uh, close to everyone's heart it's kind of heavy to listen to but man Robert and if you check out his book. Uh, he really lays it out, and he lays out, you know, how the cancer is caused, what you have to do to deal with it, and how you can get rid of it. And he's had a lot of success. I can only imagine how frustrating it is for him uh, to see person after person after person that he's helped get the information to get to the connected to the doctors that can that can help with these treatment protocols. 
uh, and see, see them, seeing them work over and over again, uh, and then still have to deal with, you know, being called quacks. So the persecution that goes on uh, is pretty uh, outrageous. Uh, if you haven't heard it, also, um, I did do the interview with Dr. Robert Young. That was kind of about the, the broader concept of naturopathy. We were talking about terrain theory specifically, but he also has great success with cancer because he attacks this concept of illness basically from the angle of body pH. Um, and it just gets the job done. His statistics and his practice uh, are phenomenal, and people see that it works. Like, if you look, <laughs> you can see that it works. I have friends that I, you know, I tell, tell it to. I just interviewed this doctor who's having this great success with this cancer cure. Oh, I don't believe that. You know, <laughs> I don't know what you you can do to combat the big pharma propaganda, which has got everybody thinking that uh, only through the corporate system uh, can we get the best that science offers, uh, without realizing that the corporate system is designed to profit the people that own stock in the corporations. It's not designed to create uh, health and longevity in your body. And uh, so there, I mean, I you know, we're seeing an epidemic in chronic disease, in autoimmune diseases, because they keep people sick for life. And when people are sick for life, then they're, uh, you know, they're big pharma customers for life. And that's what big pharma does. Instead of curing the disease, when science has proven how to cure a disease, they give you a pill that you have to take for the rest of your life. It's, uh, it's a frustrating reality, the world that we live in, We've seen it with coronavirus, right? Uh, the ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine treatment protocols. Heck, I've heard doctors interview that say that even an uh, 85-year-old patient with end-stage COVID, they, they gave uh, a hydrogen peroxide nebulizer to, cleared up their lungs right away. They were able to recover from the virus. This was during the time when in New York they were killing tens of thousands straight to the ventilator. Uh, and it's just amazing what happens when you live in a society that doesn't allow healthcare freedom? You know, the healthcare system in this country collapsed as soon as big government got involved with big corporations and they colluded to create an artificial scarcity in the market through regulation. And, and then, of course, as the government continued to expand, now I think the government's probably 50% of the healthcare market. So how can smaller... Uh, medical facilities, independent doctors compete with that kind of money, the kind of billions and billions. I mean, I think I heard the other day, I can't source this, but it's up to $3 trillion a year now that Americans are spending on, on health care. $3 trillion. It doesn't cost that much money to switch over from eating GMOs to eating organic. You know, it doesn't cost that much money to getting a, a, a water ionizer in your house compared to getting chemotherapy so that you can be drinking uh, high pH water all the time and prevent yourself from getting cancer in the first place. And science has shown this. Again, I mean, we can talk about the anti-science. Oh, you're a science denier. You're anti-science. People actually think that the pharmaceutical companies are somehow following the science to come to the best outcome for the people. Well, guess what? They're not working for the people. They're not working for the people. They're working for their bank account. It's a totally different thing. I mean, you have to look at what's at the end of the of the path that you're walking on. If the end of the path is health, you can find that. You know, there are a lot of people that know a lot about how the human body works. 
But if the end of the path is profit, uh, then you're using the government to create artificial scarcity, to create these regulations that make it very difficult for people to become doctors, become healers, that make it very difficult to prescribe the treatment protocols that are uh, cheap but effective and that are easily available, that are natural and can't be patented. Um, so, of course, I could go on and on about this. Super frustrating. I want to apologize to everybody for only putting out a couple of uh, episodes this last month. Uh, I'm going to put it in the newsletter if you're signed up, but I had Lyme's disease last uh, last month. Uh, so I actually got kind of hammered. Fortunately, I caught it in time. And lo and behold, uh, I had to go on the antibiotics, uh, the antibiotic course for a month to get it out of my system. So it was kind of funny because I've done a couple of episodes here that have been really anti allopathic medicine. And of course, then I get stricken with the one disease that <laughs> not actually not just the one disease. I understand that it has a place and I certainly don't argue for, uh, uh, you know, eliminating uh, allopathic medicine uh, as a modality. It's uh, simply a conversation about healthcare freedom because, of course, we all uh, in a free society have the right to choose what we do with our own bodies. So, thanks everybody for listening. You can catch um, more information about the American Anti Cancer Institute. Find out where to get the book uh, and more about Robert Wright himself at www.americanaci.org. Lots of good information there. I highly recommend the book. It uh, had so much information, especially uh, if uh, you have a family member or you know someone uh, that just got that cancer diagnosis and you want to make your treatment protocol decisions or help them uh, by, by providing uh, as much information as possible. Uh, this book really gives uh, a, a lot of different uh, ideas about how to deal with it. And so that your friend, family member, or yourself can make their choice uh, utilizing informed consent. And of course, uh, Robert would be the first to say he doesn't give medical advice. We always have to give that disclaimer. Um, but from our conversation, you can tell uh, that he is uh, very knowledgeable about uh, cancer and what's going on in the in the uh, the many different alternatives, treatments that are out there that can help you out potentially. So. Anyway, and I'll just let you know that you have been listening to The Shift. I'm your host, Doug McKinty. You can find uh, hours of free content, sign up for the newsletter, and, and subscribe for the full feature-length episodes of these shows uh, at www.theshiftnow.com. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're getting into August now, so I will be looking forward to catching up on those episodes uh, and having a very productive August because i got to get back to work. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to share, like, subscribe, and share the stuff uh, across your networks because we're relying on you for distribution. Guess what? Uh, I got my second strike on YouTube, right? So <laughs> if you want to check out the videos, you can go to Odyssey, uh, Rockfin, and look up The Shift with Doug McKinty. And also uh, go to my Facebook. My personal Facebook page is actually kind of the place to go where I'm interacting with a lot of people. I know Facebook's not the best, um, but I happen to have accrued... Uh, enough friends there that uh, it's working for me. Uh, I'm also on a lot of the other uh, sites, Gab, Parler, MeWe, um, Float, 
minds, checking them all out, but uh, Facebook's the place to go to really connect. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and uh, I'll be back soon. My next interview is with Sophie Strand. She is an author and writer. We are going to be talking about uh, mythology and mythological evolution, and that was a great conversation. It's already in the can. I'll be editing that out and putting it out by the end of the week, so stay tuned for that. All right, everybody, have a great day. Thanks for listening.